Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, Victory Monday, Playoff Monday, San Bernardino for life. Here we go. It's on my block podcast, Pax Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wall. Thanks for watching. If you're enjoying, hit that subscribe button, like, rate, review us on our YouTube channel, Process to Perform. As always, let me see the wrong button there. If you want to listen to the audio version, you get us on the Believe Network anywhere you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, etc. We're going to watch a lot of film, though. If you're going to listen to the audio version, you're missing out a little bit. Show is sponsored as always by betonline.ag. All the major sports are in action this week. College football playoffs uh, are over. And no, tonight, big game tonight. What am I doing? Betonline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering information, including news for pro football, the NBA upcoming fights, and National Hockey League games this season. So head to the website today to get in the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use our promo code Believe. That's B L E A V. To receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, bet online where the game starts. Packers punch their ticket to the playoffs, winning 17-9 over the lowly Chicago Bears. I think it was a three-point spread, so they overcame that. Listen, this game, it was in in one sense, it was always a one-point game it, or a one-score game. It felt close uh, the entire time. I think the, the Bears actually played well in spurts. Um, my perspective, the Packers' young talent was just too much to overcome. You, th- you think about who really made plays in this game. It was a lot of the young guys, offensively and defensively. Um, like, how did you to, – to get to this point, I think – listen, I'm as uh, – I try to be objectively I – tr- I try to be an objective critique. I don't really have a lot invested one way or the other. I'm a fan of the team because I got to play for the team. I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I love the organization and what it stands for. I love the community. Uh, but watch tape. I watch tape of, of, of players. I watch tape of matchups. I, I, you know, I don't look at it necessarily as much as maybe I don't look at it as emotionally as maybe some fans do. So I, I've been as critical as as play at uh, of players and coaches on this on this team uh, as maybe as anybody. But you have to give your you tip your hat to you think about last year. Aaron Rodgers, all kind of the stuff that's going on with him. And I mean, let's just face it, it's a it's a culture change between my generation, Aaron Rodgers' generation, and this generation. And Matt LaFleur is part, of, even though he's Aaron Rodgers' age, he's part of this generation. It's a different mindset of how you treat athletes, how you think about football, how you think about scheme, how you think about technical development, how you think about preparation. Everything's different. Relationships matter. Like things that didn't matter as much to us are more important to them. It's not right or wrong. It just is what it is. So it's okay to think that there's a, it's okay to think that something that Aaron was complaining about is now working and you could be completely right. And they could both be coming from, different perspectives, but, uh, uh, you know, different realities, but both, both have their points. Matt LaFleur became a really good NFL head coach this year, not last year, not when they were 13 and three this year. This is the first year that Matt LaFleur has got to go. I'm a pretty good goddamn head coach. I'm going to do okay in this league. 
and it was fits and starts, man. And, and the thing that you have to understand from the outside, we're all sitting here going, oh, they suck. Jordan Love's not going to be the guy. These, these receivers are running the wrong routes. Offensive line can't block. Defense can't stop anybody. When you're in the building and you can see the incremental progress from week to week, maybe it's something that a question that somebody asks during a, a meeting, a team meeting, or, an, or a group meeting. Maybe it's something you see on the field where a guy just figured out how to come out of his cut the right way, or the quarterback made a pre-snap read that he hadn't made before, or a safety called out a, co- a, a route combination that he hadn't called out before. He was more vocal. We don't see any of that. We're not privy to that. We're privy to one day, Sunday afternoon, Monday night, whatever it is. And all of our information has to be based on that. But these guys are seeing it all the time. So all of this external noise, all the nonsense, all the stuff that we talk about, it makes very, very little difference. Excuse me. It makes very, very little difference in terms of how they are going to view themselves internally within that locker room, within that meeting room. And so I am just uh, always impressed when a young coach loses a Hall of Fame quarterback and you're sitting here going, and they have the same defensive issues, special teams issue. You have all these problems recurring year after year after year. And they're not a Super Bowl team yet. But the way that, just from the offensive side, the way that he got him and his staff got this group of wide receivers to perform at a level. Jordan Love to perform at a level. The tight end room, Tucker Craft, to, to, after Luke get, get, Musgrave gets hurt, to develop and perform at a level. Hold it together off, from the offensive line standpoint to try out new players in the middle of the season. Kind of knowing that this was might be a throwaway year as far as, you know, they make the playoffs, it's great and everything, but it doesn't really make the difference. Like, it's not going to change the way you think about your team. But to then come out and be ultra competitive and make the playoffs, even though it's a seven seed, even though you know it, 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 it didn't used to exist until two years ago, you got to take a win for what it is. Tip your cap to, to what they're doing. As it pertains to the game against the Bears, I have a couple themes, right? The first is, historically with Joe Barry, it's been a, a bend but don't break defense. Cover two shell, let him go down the field, stop him in the red zone. It felt that way, at least early in the game with the Chicago Bears. They're moving the ball. Justin Fields looks looks every part of the first, you know, first round pick. Looks good, like he's gonna be the future of the franchise. But they get down, big sack, big tackle for loss by the defensive defensive line in particular, just making plays, holding them to field goal attempts. Fields ends up 11 for 16 for 148, only 27 yards rushing. And what I noticed in this game was we talked about it before. The option is going to be the key to the game. Early, they made a couple plays. He made a couple plays scrambling. Later in the game, there was a couple misreads by by um, by Justin Fields, but there were also some plays being made on the defensive line where it made the defensive end right. In other words, if he hadn't handed the ball off, there was nowhere for for the the uh, running back to run. So they made him right. They made they made a a much more difficult effort than it was the week before against, I believe, Atlanta. Justin Herbert only has uh, eight carries for 28 yards the entire day. So you take this, like, you know, top rushing attack in the league and you limit their two top guys to 27 and 28 yards rushing. So whether you want to say it's a Joe Barry thing, whether it's the players playing better, look, 
like hats off, man. You in the last couple of games, and really, of course, the the entire season, you can't you can't decide who you're going to play against every week. If you play against bad teams who aren't good at a couple of things, and you're and you can take something away. That's what you're supposed to do in this in the National Football League. And you know, hats off to him, man. The, what is it? Nine points, 182 yards, or something on offense. That's a great job defensively. I mean, when you need it, when you need the game, they come up and they play a huge game. Number two, skill position player for the Packers. They're just like they're feeling it right now, man. They're vibing, they're flowing, whatever, whatever the word is. Jones leads the way again. Lighter fluid for the offense. 22 for 111. He's so good. He's he's 29 years old. He's so good. He is he is as elite as you know maybe the top tier right now when i just think of like who the top tier running backs in the league are right now like the absolute best running backs in the league i never cannot mention derrick henry Bijan robinson feels like he's that guy um uh, you know saquon's hurt all the time but saquon at least looks the part uh, I, I jonathan taylor i i don't like i don't think aaron jones and jonathan taylor are dissimilar i think aaron aaron jones is just if he's not at the elite level he's just right there he's so he's so good and you just see the way they early in the game they they put him on the slant they put him out the at the at the wide receiver position brought him in they ran two goes in a slant to get the first down on the blitz pickup and it, you could do anything with him he's a he's a swiss army knife they can fix all problems oh and he's a he's a top Five, six, seven rusher in the league. Maybe not from a number standpoint, but from a player's eyeball standpoint. So good. Now we talk about Jaden Reed. Four for 112. Huge plays in the game. Bo Melton, like coming out of where? Like who like who the hell is Bo Melton? Kid can ball. Like, and they give him a chance to ball. They're handing him jet sweeps on him. They're putting him on three by the one side on three by one. I mean, he's making plays. Kid's a baller. He's got five for 62. Then you got to Davian Wicks, and he's got six for 61 and two touchdowns. And you just forget, like, oh, yeah, he didn't play the last couple of weeks, and he's really good as well. They're unguardable at times, especially in these zone defenses. The play speed and the confidence that that room is playing with has changed, completely changed the makeup of this team. And they don't even have Christian Watson. And we don't even, and Romeo Dobbs is there, but we don't talk about him because these young guys are, are for whatever reason, the ones dialed up to make the big plays. The third thing that you have to be honest about when you're watching any game in the National Football League, this game's no different, is that the difference between glory and failure in the National Football League is razor thin. And the Packers just happen to have a couple plays go their way, whether it was the no call in Justin Fields sliding, whether it was the pick that they dropped in the end zone, um, whether it was the fumble that, that Jordan Love had that uh, ended up not being nothing because our defensive line made another play. The Packers were the better team and the better team won, no doubt about it. But when you watch these games in these close kind of one-score games, you got to look and go, okay, we won and we'll take the win. Now moving on in a playoff mode against a much, much better team than I think the Dallas Cowboys, What? how are we going to correct some of these unforced errors so that we don't have, or so we give ourselves the best chance to win in what's going to be a really difficult environment against a really, really good team. Having said all that, we're going to watch some tape. Let's watch it sequentially, sequentially here as we always do. And the first thing's first. So we don't know if Jerry Alexander is going to, going to start the game. Who knows how that's going to happen. 
He's up here at the top set in the edge. Watch what he does against Komet, and I think maybe the fullback coming over here and takes out both the guys and makes Herbert cut on a dime, slides. But really, this play, everyone's looking at Rashawn Gary, and he does a great job. He doesn't affect the play at all. Who affects the play is Jair. And I think somebody asked me on a show last week, like, what about the tackling? And it's like, if Jair Alexander is contrite, what happened? And he really wants to show his teammates that he's about this life and he's about, you know, Packers first right now and understands, like, I, I want to be part of this team first and foremost. He's going to go out there and early in the game and just set the tone. Dude, first play of the game, he set the tone for the entire defense. Maybe nobody even noticed this play, but he absolutely crushes. Everybody's on the ground after this. Watch 36 and or 35 and 85 on their ass. Great job. Great job. First play of the game. That's big time, man. So we need to reset the line of scrimmage here. So Quay is playing against Komet at the, the, the tight end. He's got to really force this down and drive reset the line of scrimmage. So Van Ness has decided they're kind of playing this. And we talked about it. You got to be all the way in or all the way out. And he's kind of playing this like I could make the play, but I, he's, they're kind of running at the mesh point. And so Fields really has options here, but he hands the ball off. And they only get four here, but you'd love to see Quay be a little bit more aggressive against a tight end and not have to fall off and make that, that tackle for four. But four is not bad. Four is not bad. It could be a lot worse. It was a lot worse last week for the, uh, the, the, the opponent. Same playbook, man. It's like we were showing plays from last week's game on our – and this has happened the last couple of weeks for whatever. It's just random too. Believe me, it's, it's nothing I thought of. But sometimes some plays stick in your mind like, man, that's really impressive. Like they keep the play action pass that rolls out to the left, flips his hips, and fires a dart. He did this last week. Exact flips, throws. I mean, threads a needle to uh to to DJ Moore. It just Justin Fields is a talent, man. I don't know what's gonna happen down there, but good lord. So we got everybody up at the line of scrimmage. We got five men showing. They're under they're uh, their pistol. They turn and look. They pull their guard out. They suck everybody in. Talking about the linebackers have to hold for a minute. Then we get wide, and and uh, Campbell's getting wide for maybe an alley throw, but they come back to the the hash marks and hit right down the middle. And again, it this is they're down at the twenty five yard line. It's the first drive of the game. They look great, and then we start causing trouble, collapsing the pocket. And this is big time. So I showed you the arrow with Quay. So he walks up. And now when I say collapse the pocket, nobody is going to go above Justin Fields. And this is really, to be fair, this is the best thing about Lucas Van Ness right now because he doesn't have any pass rush moves. So he's going to straight bull you. And if the ball is held long enough or if Justin Fields moves or if he tries to leave the pocket right now because nobody's open, and Quay is doing a good job of holding the B gap. Well, he's got nowhere to go. So Quay bull rushes the, the left guard, but then he stops. He's like, now I'm spying. So I got back. I'm five yards past the line of scrimmage. Now I'm going to play spy. And Fields has nowhere to go. He sees Quay slowing up, tries to escape real quick. And then Van Ness kind of falls off on a, like, if you're the tackle, you're like, dude, I can get beat. But Van Ness gets another sack. You to put that feather in your cap, stops the drive. They end up with a field goal. 
this is a great play call to start the game. And like, if you're, you know, if you're watching this, it's like, Josh, like, who's the most dangerous guy right here, man? You're the first guy. So sometimes what happens is, let's say they're running a three-man screen and the left guard should be the first guy out because he's the closest to that side. But I think that's Jake, as you can see, he has to hold the defensive tackle from coming out. So Josh is the first guy out. The second guy is the one who looks upfield. The first guy kicks out. The third guy looks for, for the trash. Okay. I don't know how he misses this play, but this is a great play call. We talked about this in the preview show, man. This is open all day because they play this soft zone. And when they blitz and play, man, it's even more open. But the first play of the game, they get a chance. We miss the block. So Jones has to cut. And instead of being really, you know, brisker chasing him down from the backside and having a guy he can run away from, he's got to make a cut in the hole, slips. We only get four, man. Disappointing just because it was there and you just got to see it. Not, it's not rocket science. Now, here's what we're talking about. You got a third down and six. They go trips, but they go Jones down at the back, so they're empty. We know empty is going to work against the Chicago Bears, right? Because they're just not comfortable playing against that. It screws up their zone looks. They bring some pressure here with Tremaine Edmonds. But you see, this is a pre-snap win for Jordan Love. Jordan Love already knows where he's going because they're playing so far off Aaron Jones. So as soon as you see them playing off, all you have to do now is understand from the inside wide, the two slot wide receivers, where your leverage is going to be on the release. Take that guy away on the inside, away from Brisker. We're talking about number nine. Take him away from Jones with your release. And now it's just fighting to get the first down. Fantastic throw by Jordan Love under pressure, but really pre-snap identification. I love this new technique from Dontavian Wicks. Fakes like he's going to block T.J. Edwards. Kind of screws up uh, John Runyon Jr. Spins away and goes and looks for the safety. Bro, what are you doing? Just go ahead. If you're there, just go ahead and hit him. Like That was phenomenal. And that's like one of those where I don't know if he's trying to fake him. They're actually like, hey, I want you to fake him and then spin away and go do something else. Or he got like halfway down and he saw John Runyon Jr. And he's like, oh, maybe I screwed this up, but I need to go get the safety. Like you never know what's really happening there. But you would think if you're that close, man, just touch him at least because ends up making the play on Aaron. So I love this play. And we saw this on tape as well. I think I showed this in the preview show. We'll line up inside the numbers, okay? And the way that they run that outside code, whether they're running four, whether they're running single safety high, their uh, corner up at the top always plays leverage. So he'll turn inside to force to the safety, but he's not playing outside leverage because he doesn't want to give up that seam throw. So it's always open. He's got all that space from really... You're half between the top of the numbers and the hash. And you got all that space to the sideline to operate. This happened a couple times in the game. Just a great step into the throw and make it out there to Wicks. This is a great play. So great play alert. So what is a great play? A great play is when you have a guy, like a defensive end, for example, chasing something down and doesn't understand what's happening in the play. So watch this defensive end who's been playing well. I think this is 95. He's running down. He wants to crash down on Tucker Craft, but they're handing this ball off going around. Tucker ends up getting to the second level blocking the, the linebacker who's got the play figured out. Oh, that's 90, excuse me. But just to comp that's when you see it. That's a great play. A great play is when you screw up somebody's, like the scheme so bad that they're running the wrong direction. They don't even know what's going on. 
Aaron Jones gets up. I think he gets for 10. So Rasheed Walker, this is what you want to see as much as possible if from a Packers standpoint. You want to see your your big dudes on the second level finishing blocks to the ground. Watch him finish this play to the ground. Drive, 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 drive. Get on the ground. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. So this is the ideal pass. They get to third and five. They're down. They end up missing this field goal. When I talk about pass rushing, look, we're look, we're just we're trying to learn football here, guys. So when we talk about football, and you talk about quarterbacks that can move, okay? For quarterbacks that can't move, that are like a statue, and you got to remember the geometry of the pocket is different now. You got the shotgun with the five step drop. He's back like foot plants at 11, 11 and a half, okay? So when you think about how deep Jordan loves, really deep. He's almost twelve. It looks like here. So when you're this far deep, it doesn't pay to try to go over the top of the quarterback. You want to just create a bull rush and, and give him nowhere to go. If he evades and goes away from the line of scrimmage, you've essentially won. The chances of them being successful are very, very slim. But now you get this full bull rush. I think this is 95 over here on Rasheed Walker. And listen, he's got time to throw, but eventually the pocket will collapse and he doesn't feel it because it's backside. He's got a little bit of an inside rush on Rasheed, ends up getting him, taking him down. And then, you know, like we, we missed the field goal. But that is the ideal way, unless you beat the guy right off the line, to rush. You never want to rush above the quarterback because the, the geometry of the pocket is so deep that there's so much space to step up and evade with these mobile quarterbacks these days. This is what you talk about. We're talking about Ben Bird, don't break. This is free lunch, man. Like You're acting like Justin Fields and their, their wide receivers are no good. You're playing 10 yards off on the receiver to the bottom of the screen. Like, how are they not going to complete this pass? Okay. And then the very next play, they go in motion, and you see how fast he had his – like, you don't need your shoulders turned. He's eight yards away, six yards away, whatever it is. So you're turning so fast that he just sits it down, takes the places. DJ Moore, their best player, evades the tackle. Really a, a bit of a horse collar, right? Another play that we got lucky with. I love that they're using Quay more to, to go towards the line of scrimmage. What you got to refine is you can't tip this stuff. So this play ends up being a good running play for the Chicago Bears only because the Chicago Bears, Quay's cheap. He gets back, but he, you know they've already made the call. So now what they do is they bring everybody. They'll make the call so the right guard is going to account for him. The center knows that the, the, the nose tackle is going to rock backside. Everybody has a call in place for this look if you're going to show it early. You want to be able to surprise them with these looks instead of just having everybody account for it because now you got a guy up on Campbell, you block the nose, and all of a sudden they got a nine-yard run. Easy fix, just can't tip that off so, so, so quickly. So we look at the second and two play out here, and again, I talk about our defensive line just continuing to make plays. So uh, I think this is Preston – or excuse me, this is Rashad Gary. He's got to know at this point that they're running – some sort of crack look on him. Those guys are going to block him. There's no other reason for them to be there uh, in this kind of formation. So he just skirts up field, and they have this thing dead to rights. I think Wooden also, also has made the play outside and, as far as beating his man outside. So this play's defeated no matter what, but great play Rashawn Gary for a tackle for loss. And then it's find the fish time. Devontae Wyatt, man, this left guard, who's this poor guy? This guy had a bad day. And it happens. Tevin Jenkins, second-round pick from last year. Okay, tough day for at the office, man. I Believe me, I know. But 
You found him. Wyatt just pulls the hands off, does a good job of grabbing that, that outside really wrist, flipping it off, ripping through, getting a sack. Goes from a third and six, right, with a possible field goal attempt to a definitive punt. Great job by the defense. Like the celebration. We go back here with second on seven going the other way. And it's just a numbers overload. So let me go back and show you what I mean by that. They got a trips look here. They're going motion to trips. Tight ends attached on the left. But now you're going to release the back out of the backfield to the right. So now, even though you're bringing the tight end over and they're flooding the look, the point of it is it screws up the number count because you got four to a side releasing all to the, to the left of the defense. So now Tremaine Edmonds has to account for that running back in the flat. And what does that mean? That means the space behind him is wide open. Again, great play design, great great recognition by Jordan Jordan Love in the receiving group. And then obviously not a super difficult throw, but you throw it in time. You throw it in stride. And look at the kind of yards this guy's getting after contact, man. Really good job by Jaden Reed. I love these plays. When things are going well, I think you notice that like these plays work. You know, these little wide receiver screens where it's like a two-by-two two look and they just kind of throw it out there. The one guy just you know gets enough of the, the outside corner. Like this play doesn't work. If 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 shit's not going well for you, that play don't work, man. That's a one-yard gain. They end up getting nine yards. You see here it's third and five, and you just see the leverage. So we know it's zone because they went in motion, nobody went across. So we know it's a zone defense. All right. And you got the safety down to your side, but he's gonna probably have to play the flat. If there is a flat, he's probably looking at the corner coming out. So really, with this outside leverage, you're going to run an in route. You know, Jordan Love knows, I got to get the ball to the receiver before the middle linebacker comes over and knocks his block off, right? So this is a great throw and catch by Bo Melton. And Jordan puts it in a place where he doesn't lead into it. But this kid, who he... I didn't know who Bill Melton was until like three weeks ago. I mean, this kid's this kid is fantastic. And he's just fearless. Dominant performance from this side of the offensive line. First of all, Tucker Craft three-point stance gets into the block and moves the defensive end outside, does a good job of getting his hands in and pushing him outside. The double team between Zach Tom and the right guard, just moving bodies back. Dude, look at that domination block. You see that Rashid Walker and, and Eldon Jenkins got a great block going here. Josh Myers is holding the fort together. I mean, Great time to stop the play, I guess, but he's holding the fort together, man. And Aaron Jones is just so good at hitting the things downhill. You see the wide receivers looking, working for him. Man, it just warms your heart to see a 10-yard runs from the Green Bay Packers. So now you got under center play action. Third and one look. And it's like, look, here's my thing. Just step into the throw already because I'm so sick and tired of hearing the announcer. They get nothing better to talk about. And they'll go, oh, this is a la Brett Favre. We've got a little bit of Aaron Rodgers here. He, he doesn't like to, you know, it started with this and they throw off that. It's like, bro, just step into the throw already. You don't have to do that. Because first of all, this isn't a really good ball. And you make the throw. And it's a fantastic read and a look off. But for God's sakes, just step into this throw already. I just can't hear the answers anymore. It's just too much. Jordan Love wants to be his own guy. I promise you the comparisons to Aaron and Brett, like he's like, I'm good. I'm just going to be Jordan. Great move. Look at the move he puts on the, you look at the left of the screen. I mean, that dude's swiping it air. Fantastic job of looking at your read. So they got a double in the flat. He really wants to go flat first here. And then you're going to look at the deep crosser because if you're flat, you see if both guys are the flat over here, the right side of the screen, that bears. Safety or corner, I can't tell. It must be the safety. If he's not 
in the in the end zone, well, then Jordan knows exactly where he's going with the ball because very, very rarely, that's Brisker, very rarely do you see a corner that that can handle a a crossing route all the way across the field. Like, it never happens. It just never happens. So he got second and three here, and they're bringing Quay. He doesn't make the play here. This is the second week in a row with the same move that he beats the running back really bad. You just like to see this because pressure equals picks equals bad things for unprepared teams. And as good as an athlete as Justin Fields is, you know, this isn't a pick. This is, this is, but it's, it's now, you know, the next down it's, it's third and three and you get yourself in a position to be successful. Great job by Quay there. This is not how you draw this play up. So Devondre's over here on the inside slot. Quay's in the middle of the field. Now they're in zone and they, the outside corner is going to pass this off because they're crossing. So if you're going to pass it off, but now you're going to man the backside with Devondre, you're putting Quay Walker in a real bad spot against DJ Moore. And of course the Chicago Bears called, you know, drew this play up and they drew it up well. But that is, I feel like Quay's got no chance of success here. They either need to be able to, 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 uh, to swap that off between the linebackers or the corner's got to be able to go over the top. But either way, man, that's just a that's just a tough look. But you can't put your linebacker in that kind of situation. Plus, he gets picked. First and 10. This is a misread by Fields. So, Enigbari is chest turned to the sideline, man. It's, it's pull time. But you see down at the bottom of the screen, Chicago Bears got numbers here on the Green Bay Packers. We're outmatched. Okay, so he should be pulling this play. He ends up not play, pulling it. But really, I should have highlighted Wooden here, 96. Dude, he blocks the hell out of the right guard, puts him into the backfield. So it stops Herbert's momentum. So this isn't just – this is a play. Anybody gets the tackle. But the guy who makes this play is 96. He really does a good job of resetting the line of scrimmage there. And so Herbert's got to make an immediate jump cut. that has nowhere to go. That's Wooden, man. That is a great, great job at Colby Wooden. Big time play. So now you got third and six, and you got the pick game by Carl Brooks. And I'm going to show the end zone of this. First of all, you love this. He's going, hey, hey, thanks, Rook, because he just got a sack off, off the work you just put in for me. You watch this now, and there's two ways to run TT games. The penetrator, the first guy, can either really try to go inside a gap and try to win. In other words, I'm just going to try to beat the guy, and then we're, it's, we call it, I call it a mesh stunt. So I'm not really trying to pick the center. I'm just trying to win. Carbox is doing something different here. He's going to go ahead and take the head off of 67, okay? And you see the left guard is in such bad shape as far as body position. He's got no chance to come around and get in Kenny Clark. That is all Carl Brooks. I mean, that's fantastic. We get to the end of the half, and this is what you just call a palms up two minutes. You're like, palms up, what the hell are we doing? So it starts here with Tucker Craft. He gets out in the flat. 44 seconds left, one timeout. You're going to catch the ball in the 35. Now, you could go get some love on the sideline, or you could go back inside where the clock's going to run, and you're really not going to get a first down here or anything that's going to be that helpful. So he makes the mistake and goes inside instead of just getting the, the, the uh, out of bounds. They take you to the sideline kind of for a reason. So then we throw one out of bounds over here. Not a big deal. So now it's third and two. 
And so now they got him in the middle of the field. It's like, all right, bro, you're in the middle of the field and we have a timeout and you're at the 25 yard line. Now just go ahead and get North and South. Cause they got you leveraged outside. So now it's like, where if you go backwards, you're, it's going to be a running clock. If you get tackled in bounds, it's going to be a running clock, and we're going to we're gonna have to call our timeout anyways. Just go ahead and get the, as much as you can, and then just get down because now time matters. So he doesn't get out of bounds. Got to call a timeout, first and ten. And we talked about you know the margin of victory being razor thin here, man. So everybody's going to get deep. They talked about it on, on on the game tape. This is one of those where I think we talked about this last week. You need 16 seconds to run a play and then clock it again. They're at 16. So operation has to go perfect in order to throw the ball in bounds, get down, let's say, 15-yard gain, 10-yard gain, and then spike it. It doesn't help you because the quarter, the, the kicker can make the ball, make the, the kick from the 22. So you're going end zone or bust here. They know it, you know it. So you got to be okay with throwing something that's open. So he throws a pick here that the guy just happens to drop. So the margin of error in NFL, man, this is a whole different ball game right here if it's not 10 to 6 going in at halftime. Momentum, all of that stuff is just different, okay? You'd love to see this. So they're going to play off. They start, They decide to bring the, the backer. So the backer's on the slot. He starts coming. We got to cover with the safety. Jordan Love sees it pre-snap. Just kicks it out to Wicks. Bye-bye. He, he jukes him so bad that the next guy, he starts juking like four yards away and stops. Ends up getting the first. Fantastic play. We go back. Hey, just go back to the, the well. Look familiar here? On the top side of the numbers. Corners off. You already see the way he's going to show leverage to the middle of the field. Same play to the sideline. Steps into the throw, makes a, not a good, a fantastic throw. Got something going on with the, uh, the other screen here, guys. Give me one sec. There we go. To Bo Melton again. Great pickup. And you see up here what I'm talking about. The defender is almost head up on him. Turned inside. So it's like if you're played, if you ever played soccer, if you ever played basketball, you can't just split the guy down the middle and turn your body and think he's just gonna go that way. I don't know what they're thinking here. I guess my guess is that they're thinking it's gonna be an in-cut route or a seam and they don't want to get beat. The problem is you got you're halfway between the top of the numbers and the hash. So you got 15 yards of space to play with outside. They keep doing this, they did it on film. The Packers obviously saw it as we did last week on the preview show. A lot of outcuts here. This is one of his best routes when he steps in and throws it. What a sling. Absolutely fantastic job. We catch him. Catch the Bears on a rock stunt. So you got the defensive end and the tackle rocking inside. So they're going to take hard steps laterally. Our guys see it. They pick it up. They don't have anybody filling that space. I don't know what they're doing from a Chicago Bears standpoint. The backer's not crashing over. The safety doesn't come down very hard. So now you got Sims and Bo Melton double-team the safety and force the corner to make the play on Aaron Jones. He's not a big fan of that, I know. I mean, I talked to him last week. He doesn't like it. Nobody likes tackling on Aaron Jones. But they demolish that safety, put him on his backside. They run over. Aaron's got another big play. This is a phenomenal 
job of identifying the rock. And, but you know, it's a it palms up defense a little bit for Chicago. I don't know why you would leave your, your end exposed there at the D gap. We score in the old triple slant play. This play has been in high school for a million years. You go trips left. Everybody's running a slant. Jordan picks the one he likes the most. Runs through two tackles, gets into the end zone. It's fantastic. Listen, it doesn't have to be super complicated. It just has to work at a really high efficient level. Preston done dirty here. This is a great call. I, look, sometimes you just got to tip your hat, but this is a fun play call. So what, what's about to happen here is you got the hipped off tight end. And they've run a lot of stuff out of pistol where they're going to keep that tight end on play side. They're going to run like a um, just a play side outside zone, like a strong side zone. Okay. But what they're going to do is they're going to take the backside fullback and they're going to set Preston up here and then clean him out and just take a, a basically a cheap shot on him. And the back's got to take the toss and then cut hard, but that's the the that's the way the play is designed. You see that Komet goes out and tries to block Jerry Alexander there. He doesn't ever really have Preston. It's just a shadow look. Now we got a great changeup by walking Quay up to the line of scrimmage. And now he just stops. What that does is that forces the left guard to stay away from that left tackle. What are you really trying to do? I want to single up 70. I don't think he's very good. And what happens because Quay does that, because they called that play, because Joe Barry called that play, Preston gets one-on-one with 70. Preston gets on Justin Fields' legs. And I think Quay ends up with a sack here. It's fantastic. That's exactly what you want. You want to occupy the guard so he can't help the guy you think is a fish. You sit back, spy him for when he releases, you make the play. That is exactly what the game plan is against a Justin Fields type player who's got a great arm, but is also elusive in the if he breaks uh, contained in the pocket. Third and two, another palms up moment here. So you love that he makes this cut. You just want him, and you, you see the ball is just a little bit loosey goosey. You just got to tuck it. You, there's no problem with the cut. You love the aggression. You love the way he plays. Just tuck it. But it's like, how does the ball stay in bounds here? I don't know. And they get the ball on the 40, 41 yard line. Fortunately, once again, uh, I think it's DJ Moore. I left this play in here. I just look. I guess the the reason I left this play in is it's third and seven, right? These guys are trying to get something going. Justin Fields is playing for his job, and I guess my point to I don't know what my point is, but Jairus playing inside or outside leverage here. This is a they're passing this off because you know Jairus stops because he sees the, the the flat route, but this is a this is a dart man. Like this is a good NFL throw. It's a good NFL throw. I think they they challenged that player when I was good NFL throw. Preston here wins too early versus 70 inside. That is such a dirty move, man. He beats him so bad that Fields has time to see him. And because he has time to see him, he can uh, evade. And look at him flip and make this throw. Now, dude, now, when my kid used to go, he tried to, I tried to put him to bed. And, uh, He'd come out of the room crying and he'd go, No, nine nights, dad. No, nine nights. And I go, No, you go, nine nights. He go, No, nine nights. This should be nine night time. This is a nine nights moment. I miss football. Darnell Savage should end this guy's day. 
shot to the ribs, shot to the thigh. Don't take his knees out. Don't hit him in the helmet, but end his day right here. This has got to be – watch when you see this from the end zone. Man, there's no nine nights, Dada. No nine nights. Man, you got to take him out there. Please take him out. This is two-hand touch. Look at that. You know, Roger Goodell probably watches that and goes, man, we're really doing a good job. Ah. I'd pay the fine if he took his head off. I wouldn't pay the fine. I'd contribute. Speed motion. Put Jaden Reed in speed motion. It softens up everything. So now they're in cover two, but he can't. The cover two guy can't keep up with him. They release the flat. So we see 29 down here. The bottom screen sees the flat. And Jordan Love lets this thing rip right now. And the, the deep safety is just a little bit too deep because the speed motion makes him feel nervous. Jaden Reed gets the ball and bye-bye. Look at Bo Melton trying to block for him, man. I like these guys. They're fun to watch. This is the no call of maybe like 90, somebody said like 99 times out of 100, this is a call, man. Like, I don't, it don't matter to me at all. So, first thing, let's watch the read option. So, they, they run the read, okay? At the mesh here, you see Lucas Van Ness is pointed towards the line of scrimmage. So, this is an easy read for Justin Fields. He's is gone. They've got two guys up on Devondre Campbell. Like, this play is a go. This is what they want. So he slides. I don't know how they don't call that. And I'm not saying it's a foul or not. I'm just saying I don't know how they don't call it. But they don't call it. He ends up having to miss a, a play in about three plays. Jai Alexander saying, no, he didn't do anything on purpose. Oh, what a nice guy. Very diplomatic. He comes back in the game after the first down on the penalty. And Slayton just blows the play up. So we saw uh, Wooden blow the play up last time. Now they got big boy Darnell right on Wooden. He gets blown off the line of scrimmage. He gets double teamed. He gets moved like, like watching the Detroit Lions offensive line or something. But, and Ibarri's kind of playing the mesh right there. And because Slayton blows up the center, resets the line of scrimmage, nowhere to go again. So one of the answers with the Packers has been, Whatever that one-on-one is, this the center, man, you got to win. And they are winning, and that was a big part of why. Eddie Barry gets a lot of celebration plays here, and he's doing a good job. But the real heroes here are those defensive tackles that are resetting the line of scrimmage, man. Fantastic job. Carl Brooks gets 76. Man, that poor guy. Tedman Jenkins. I've been there, bud. But today was not your day. Inside, that couldn't have been easier for him. Carl Brooks is getting the job done. Boy, he's playing. He's just high level. I don't know where he came from either. Like, uh, you watch the first couple of weeks of the season, not getting a lot of reps, and then it just kind of slowly – he's like one of those guys. There's a lot of guys in football, and it's kind of tough to explain, like, how they – it's not that they're not good or anything, but it's like when you watch him, you're like, man, there's not a move that's just – like, it's not like he's got Warren Sapp's move or something like that. It's not John Randall fast or whatever. But you you watch him, like, man, they keep making these plays. And he, this guy's just – he's like, well, he's a football player. This guy's just a football player and he's a good athlete and all that. I'm not, I'm not dismissing any of that, but for a rookie with like not a signature move to come in and just have that feel of like, I need to grab wrist here. I need to double swipe. Like I have all that stuff. Like it's, it's pretty special. Love the pre-snap read here. What I mean by that is they got trips left. You can't see him, but the safety's really on the near, the near hash mark here. 
So he's not really splitting the field because of just the way that they lined up. But what that means is on the backside, you got two guys over there because you got the running back and the tight end. So that backside corner's got to stay low. So once you see that that the inside slot has outside leverage at the snap, dude, it's bye-bye. Just going to run the slant, man. It's out of here. As soon as, you, as soon as you clear the linebacker, there's nowhere to get, nowhere to run. And yeah, sure, the, the safety can come over and make a big hit, but it's like you can make a big hit 10 yards down the field, still first down. Great pre-snap read. Great pre-snap read. And you also got to really appreciate, I think, the way that these, these wide receivers are catching the football in traffic. Great read by the rookie here, Tucker Craft. Okay, well, here's what I mean. So I think he pushes out, and they, they're going zone, okay? So they go zone, so he knows there's a flat defender right here. You see him look. So he's going out to the flat, and he sees flat defender. You go, oh, wait a second. I don't want to go where the flat guy is. I'll just curl this back around, catch it in. And what they do is this is like one of those rules. Like when you're installing plays, and I could be wrong about these guys, but this is how it generally works. They'll be like, all right, you want to smash out, and you got the air, you just got the flat, okay? And then what they'll say is as time goes on, they'll go, if there's a flat defender, we want to curl it back to the middle, right? But it's not one of those things where they're like, Tucker, this is what you have to do. You're going to hit the guy, release, look, arrow route backside or Texas, whatever. That's not what we're doing. It's just a real quick readout. Oh, is there something? I know it sounds stupid to everybody out there. It's like, oh, is there somebody out there? Well, I don't want to be there because there's somebody out there. So he turns around. And it, in real time, all this stuff has to evolve and happen. So that's where they're at in this, in this time of the season. It's fantastic. And then close it out with Jones. Josh Myers, let's give him some love. Great job single blocking the uh, the nose tackle here and just holding up at the line of scrimmage, keeping that guy occupied, can't get his hand on Aaron Jones. Great job. So we got a slip block, and you see Elton Jenkins is already up on second level blocking the linebacker, Jack Sanborn. Bang, bang, bang. Jenkins finishes with a, with a uh, domination block to finish the game. And then Aaron Jones, one tackle, runs through the two for an extra yard to get the first down. And that is all she wrote. That's a great win. And it's 17 and nine. So it's like not a lot of great stuff happened in that game, but definitely the better team won. Made a couple of mistakes. Love the way the defense, you know, the Benber don't break. Like Benber don't break's fine if you don't break, you know? And that team that's at Bears team has got a real hard time figuring out how to get in the end zone, it looks like. So I liked it. All right. What I got wrong? Number one. Packers DNs versus read looks. How will the Packers handle option plays? Pretty damn well. There was some, there was a little bit of confusion early on, but it was me. It was, it was more about uh, my opinion. I think there was a couple of misreads by fields. I love the way that we tried to play it, but really that defensive tackle taking care of the line of scrimmage and making uh, Khalil Herbert re um, jump, jump cut as soon as he got the ball. That to me was the difference in the game more so than the DNs, who did a great job, but really the difference was those defensive tackles, Slayton and, and Woodard, that one play. Packers offensive line versus the box seven Bears defenders. Um, do we go with the nickel looks account for Brisker? Do the Packers feel the show up? Okay, so I think what we did, like it wasn't a terribly effective day. You scored 17 points, but we did have 111 yards from Jones. What I would say is this. We won on double teams, and you can win on the double teams are are more evident or actually a little bit softer, maybe in base sometimes, just because of the way that they're going to run their three four look. 
And the the angle with the tight end, if you're going to run play side, is a little bit more friendly on the free. Now we we were successful both ways, but um, I think the doubles really kind of showed up there in the run game as far as as far as uh, able to reset the line of scrimmage and definitively multiple times. Now when they went to nickel, we saw the slant play and Tucker and the and company picked and, and Zach Tom picked it all up, you know. A lot of what happens is the safety's coming down. They don't do a good job of getting on, on the spot. So so then Sims comes around and like you're having confrontation four yards down the downfield already. And good things tend to happen when Aaron Jones has the football and, the, and those are uh, those are the expectations. We didn't see Gary versus Dar- Donald Wright too much as far as Darnell. I think held his own. Did a really good job. Obviously, the other side is is where you're going to make your money. Uh, talking about playing against. Uh, their left, their left tackle, Braxton Jones. Um, I think he was a fifth round pick a couple of years ago. For me, I've said it since day one. I just don't know if he's your franchise guy. Darnell Wright's really, really good. He did some good job resetting the line of scrimmage. But um, Gary had some plays in the game as well. Uh, Preston continues to, you know, he he had multiple pressures. It's good, uh, good against the run. He just he just continues to play, man. He just continues to play at a high level. Keys to victory: know your role on defense. Uh, we just talked about it. it's. I won't go into detail. They just did a fantastic job, right? Just assignment-wise, fantastic job. 27 and 28 yards from your top two guys, Fields and Herbert. Fantastic job. Don't abandon the run. The Bears are the tops of the league against the run. I don't even know the numbers. We had 124 yards on the ground, which is good, not great, but in that game and the situational and the amount of times you get the football off kind of sudden. The big thing here was Early on, you don't finish drive, so you miss the field goal. Then you get the field goal. You should really have. You should, you, if you're go, if you're the package, you're like I should have 14 points right now, not three, okay. But you do methodically drive down the field, and you at least create those opportunities and attempts. So you're keeping that that offense off the off on their sidelines. That's a big deal. The other part of this this that's that's a big deal is um, Jaden Reed and company just had some explosive plays. Jaden Reed in particular, I think he had two that were for 30 yards or more. And when you have those things, it's like the psychology of football is super interesting, right? Like it, you want to say it's a reset, no big deal. If you give up a 30 yard play, like those guys feel it, man. And then if they have to rotate out or, you know, there's so many things that go into the game. We saw it last night in the late game. There's so many guys hurt for Miami that it's like the Buffalo bills start. If a drive actually goes anywhere, like they don't have anybody to, to back them up. So it's just, you get worn down and worn down and worn down. There's all these things that factor into football games that we don't really kind of take at surface value. Number two uh, or number three, Rush lane integrity. This is probably the biggest one. He got one early in the game where he ran for first down. I think he got another one. He ran for four or five yards, but really you talk about pressuring Justin Fields, sacking Justin Fields, keeping him in the pocket. And then when he, and he, he turned flipped and made a couple of those throws, the one to Cole committee should have got knocked out of the game. The, a guy like that's going to make plays. You want to limit it and you want to get him on the ground. I think we did a good job of that. So for me, like the big takeaway here is, You'd love to see that the on defense. I just love seeing the defensive line winning individual matchups against people they should beat. Next week's going to be a whole different animal. I think they're playing Dallas Cowboys. They had two backup guards because Zach Martin was sick and the others in. Tyler Smith is injured. Those two guys are really, really good. So interior line next week's going to be a real challenge. Uh, Smith is a Hall of Fame player, but you know, is he what he used to be? He's still really good. 
you're going to have some, you could have some success on the right side for sure. Dak Prescott spends a lot of time in the backfield. He'll pat that ball. So there's a lot, we're going to get into that more, but there's a lot that goes into that. You want to see those guys feeling confident in their stunts, feeling confident in their one-on-one matchups. They should feel real confident after this week. Um, I think the offense should feel really good about the play speed that they are hitting on right now with those receivers and tight ends. Obviously with Aaron Jones as well. But if you can get Aaron Jones going, he's going to make the first guy miss. If he can average five yards a carry. And then you just get the play speed with the speed motion and, and all the things you can do with Bo Melton and, and Jaden Reed and Wicks. And, and, and oh, by the way, is Christian Watson healthy? Can he take the top off the defense? And, and Dobbs gets more involved. There's just so many good things that can happen with this team because of the maturity of, of that group. You know, nobody talks about the the wide receivers coach for the Green Bay Packers being a, a coordinator somewhere. Maybe they should be. Because from a development standpoint, is there there can't be a better developer on the team based on just based on results this year than the wide receivers coach. I mean, what a job he's doing. I got a couple questions here that I got to pop up on the old Twitter machine. Uh who is Rodgers rooting for? McCarthy or the Packers? Packers. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot on here about uh, the speed rushes and the and the and the versus the bull rushes. I love it. Uh, I want to know your full thoughts on the left acquisition in Green Bay versus Sheed Walker. The answer. So here's what I like: if Jordan Love is able to get rid of the ball on time like he is right now. And if you just set deep and square, you don't have a problem. You give up a sack every once in a while, but you're not going to get beat. Like, you don't get beat free rusher beat. I think, like, it's just a technique thing. He's more than capable of doing it. I think he's more than capable of, of working in the run game. I thought the run game was the best part of his game when we were watching him in the preseason. So, you can have, like, you're going from David Bakhtiari to anybody. So, anybody is going to be worse than David Bakhtiari. So if you have to reset your expectations on what that position is, having said that, yes, Rasheed Walker could be the guy if he's going to play like that. If he can consistently just play like that, even giving up the sack, just play like that where it's a, it's a, not even a coverage sack, but it's a collapse the pocket sack, slow sack, not a, not a get beat quick sack. Um, don't, if anybody's asking me about is Bakhtiari, Bakhtiari is so much better than all but, in my opinion, two tackles in the National Football League, that uh, it's a silly question. He's better than anybody else you have on the line. He can play any position better than anybody else can play on anywhere on that line. He is, guys, he's a first bout Hall of Famer. He's so good. Uh, best evidence for optimism and pessimism for the team's performance against Dallas. I'll do that on Thursday. Uh, I think I just did it, though, as far as offensively, you got to feel good about what you can do against against the way that they play. Uh, they're going to make matchups. They're going to make a big thing about matchups. And a big matchup for me is Zach Tom and Demarcus Lawrence more than anything. Uh, defensively, it's not going to be Michael Parsons just because of Demarcus Lawrence is a better pass rusher. And I think they'll probably move Micah around a little bit more because I'd want to take advantage of some other guys or maybe situations. I think they're soft in the middle. Uh, I think Elgin Jenkins could have one of like those kind of key mark performances where he moves humans off the ball really well uh question are the recent performances of this d-line a fluke um i feels like with the collapsing of the edges and penetration of the interior is all we've been talking about right and 
listen, I, I'm sure they only watch the show, uh, you know, once or twice a month, but if they've heard it at all, then they know the collapse in the pocket is, is, is the way to rush really. If you want to be consistently pressuring the quarterback and, and causing turnovers. I'm being facetious, of course. Do you think Kraft and Musgraves are pretty much interchangeable? No. Kraft is ahead because he can block. Musgrave just is, he needs reps. Uh, Mike, you have to love the improvements you're seeing with the offensive line. Not near, uh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess. I think Zach Tom's fantastic. I think Jenkins is, is, is really, really good. Uh, the difference has been that, that we're not getting those blatant, like, whiffs that we got last year in particular, maybe a little bit at the beginning of this year. I think the tackle position is shored up. The guard position, the right guard position, both those guys are like what we just call competent National Football League players right now. Um, I would look down the line and go, how good could we be in a year? Two, like, If you can project that Josh Myers really digs in this offseason and gets good, because he's got what it takes to be good. Like physically, he's, there's no reason he shouldn't be good. If if the right guard gets short up, if they decide Rasheed Walker, he's got the full season. You're the starting guy. We're going to do everything we can in our power to make you the best tech, technician possible. And then Zach Tom just continues this level of progression to, to find his ceiling. You could be pretty good. Like, I don't know if you're going to be Detroit Lions good because I don't know if you have the dominant personalities that just want to finish to the ground all the time. I love, I love that I saw from Rasheed Walker. Like, you don't, I don't know if you have that, but if you do, if, you know, some of those guys decide they want to be that, that dude, because you only need one to get the spark going, man. You only need one to get the spark going. I'm fired up. That was a good game. It's great to be in the playoffs. And, and listen, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter if they win the Super Bowl or not. What matters is like you you continue from a locker room standpoint, from an organization standpoint, you you have a challenge, you face it, you overcome it, you move on, right? And eventually the, the luck runs out for all but one team. But you continue to put yourself in these positions where you learn now. So now they get to go play on the road in, a, in an environment where the Dallas Cowboys are like 16 and own the last 16 versus um, a, a former coach, there's going to be that, all, like all the narrative, all the BS, all the hoopla, all the fan base, all the, all the, all the, all the, all the, right? And you get the experience. What you do with it, we'll see. But one way or another, they're going to come out of that game knowing stuff they didn't know going in, especially this young group. So, that, Mike. Hit me up, Mike Wall60 on an X. X. Uh, Process to Perform Instagram. Hit our Process to Perform channel on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button, like, rate, and review us. Thanks for watching, guys. We'll hit you on Thursday with the preview show. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, that's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.